Ephesians. Are you there yet? All right. I have three emojis that I'm going to talk about today in my emoji life. Two of them, you're going to be like, okay. The third one, you're going to be like, oh. But it'll be okay at the end of this. First service was here. They all made it out alive. Okay, I'm just letting you. So here we go. The first one is this right here. Sometimes we just need to go, oh, a little bit. And the second one we're going to talk about, no one's going to say anything. Yeah, murmuring in the crowd. (laughs) And then here we go, the third one we're going to talk about and mostly about joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, I'm sorry. Cussing, cursing, filthy language. Nobody at 1130 does this, but I just want to tell you what I told 930 because they were all repenting at the... They were at the altar crying and wailing, gnashing of teeth was happening right up here when we talked about this. So I'm just letting you know, if that happens, just pray for the person. They're going to get delivered and manifestations are going to happen today. The spirit of filthy language shall come out in Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 5. I had a Red Bull this morning. Just kidding. I had three. All right. Ephesians <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 says, But fornication and uncleanness. I'm not even going to talk about that. Isn't that amazing? I always camp out on fornication, but I'm not going to say anything about fornication, sleeping around, things like that, because we don't need to mention it to you guys at 1130, right? Because you're all perfect. All right. But fornication, and if you're watching online, hey, here we go. But fornication and all uncleanness, take a shower, or not what it means, but, or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for sinners. Oh, dang it. It says saints. I just did what I'm talking about. As is fitting for saints. In other words, the Bible's not saying, hey, sinners, you're not supposed to be doing fornication, uncleanness, covetousness. No, he's talking to believers. Can you believe it? Neither. Then he goes on. And then he adds to it. Like, that's not enough. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. This is something when we read it, we don't really know what it is, so we just keep going. Which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, man, he talked about that again, unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And then he continues on and he says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, but because, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Who's them? The ones who do those things above. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In other words, if you're a believer, the things that he mentioned in the verses before should not be named among you. Filthy language. Covetousness. Fornication shouldn't even be named among a saint. Amen? 
I know in the culture and society we live in today, everybody's sleeping around. Everybody seems to be shacking up. At least that's what people say everybody is. I don't know who those everybody are. I don't know who's doing the surveys, going around asking people, are you shacking up? Are you sleeping around? I don't know who's doing that. But apparently everybody says everybody's doing it now because we watch sitcoms and all the things, and that's what they do on sitcoms. So we must follow Hollywood with everything we do in our lives. But that's what the, not the Bible says not to do. Amen? And then... It says, for you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In other words, that gives us an indication of what we're supposed to be like now that we've come out of darkness. What's the darkness? Darkness was the way I lived before I found Jesus. In other words, that means that the light should come on because he has illuminated you on the inside. Now you have a choice through your mind and through your flesh. Am I going to live according to the light that's on the inside of me or am I still going to act the way I used to act before I knew Jesus so even though I got light I go in and I still act like I'm in darkness I still act like I'm a sinner I still do things like a sinner I still live like a sinner but yet I've got this light on now and I'm supposed to be and able to be light to the world that was now once dark so what is the scripture saying amen a coachman uh, which is a guy who leads the horse, this is old day stuff, pointing to one of his horses, said to a traveler, that horse knows where it went every time I swear at him. Yes, replied the traveler, and so does the maker. Amen. Now, I know no one at this service, probably because you guys are like full on, Holy Ghost, Spirit filled, never sinned Christians, but at first service, they needed to hear a lot of this stuff telling you i know you don't need me to teach this to you at all but i just thought you know there's some people maybe that haven't heard or don't know because i've had some conversations with a few people i've heard some conversations outside of the building sometimes and i'm huh i don't know maybe they haven't read the bible here that cussing isn't really normal for a believer because they're acting like this is like normal language that everybody must use and do so maybe i should teach on this a little bit because just to Help us, especially the first service, know this stuff. Amen? Okay. So Ephesians is talking about Paul spoke of filthiness or foolish talking and coarse jesting. Stating, let it not even be named among you as is fitting. Filthiness refers to an obscenity. Okay? An obscenity, uh, all that is contrary to purity. So if it's filthy, it's opposite of purity, which is totally unclean. Foolish talking is talk which is both foolish and sinful. So in the Greek, it is the word from which we get the word moron. <laughs> I don't need to say anything more about that. Someone once observed, I don't know the name of the person, profanity is an evidence of the lack of a sufficient vocabulary and brains. Note again, I don't know who came up with that statement, but it wasn't me. I'm just saying what he said. Profanity is an evidence of the lack of sufficient vocabulary and brains. Jesting carries the connotation of all sorts of low-type conversation, including shady jokes, which are supposed to be funny but are unwholesome. The adjective profane is found five times in the New Testament. The word comes from the two Latin words pro, meaning in front of, and fane, meaning temple. 
So a profane word is one you would not use in church and is a good way to judge the language that we use. For some reason, we say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and then we blinkity-blank, blinkity-blank, blinkity-blank out in the parking lot. Which I forgot to tell you, the title of my message is blinky-blank. That's not true. <laughs> blinkity-blank, that's not true. Amen? And so sometimes we just, we just start saying things and we don't understand the filthiness, the obscenities, the stuff. And, and, and when I was, uh, I don't know when I told this, this uh, illustration earlier, but when I was about 20, 21, I worked for a construction company when I first moved out here. And it was when the housing industry was just kind of like booming around Riverside County. And so I was one of the guys that would stand out there and I would raise the flag and the guy coming through with the dirt would dump the dirt if we needed to raise the valley. And then they would cut away the cliffs if we needed to make housing pads. And so I was the guy that stood, I did the uh, surveying, just put the ribbons on, and then they knew whatever to fill it or to take it away, the dirt. And so I would have to hose down some of the dirt sometimes just to keep the dust down uh, in the summertime. And so there was this new guy that got hired. And he was about 30 years older than me. And we would just, uh, we wouldn't, I wouldn't really get in conversations. He would mostly talk to the other guys because he just kind of irritated me a little bit. But, uh, you know, I was just this 19, 20, 21-year-old guy. But this guy, the F-bomb, was part of his vocabulary. One day I got so bored and so kind of infatuated because he didn't even really know that he was using the word. It was just part of who he had become. And I counted 38 times. That he used the F-bomb in a paragraph before he took a breath to keep on talking. Because he was so unclueless of how many times he used the F-bomb. It was just part of when he would say, um, he would say that. You know, it was like, if you were on TV, the guy with the, with the whistleblower thing on TV would have got a sore finger from this guy, right? And so, so sometimes we don't even know. And sometimes, you know, but he was a sinner. He wasn't a follower of Christ. And so I just accepted the fact, but it was just really over the top, you know. And uh, even, even for someone maybe not even close to God, it was like over the top. And so we need to understand this is what the Bible talks about in some of these things. And a profane word would be one you would use not in church. But then we come up with these what we would call euphemisms. And a euphemism is basically the substitution of an agreeable or an inoffensive word or an expression for one that is harsh, indelicate, or otherwise unpleasant or taboo. So we have the word gosh darn is a euphemism for GD. So Christians, when we used to say, gosh, darn it, would be what before Christ we would say GD. And then there's a darn it. Because you used to say, damn it. And it used to come out of your mouth. And now there's this new one that I just want to talk about just a little bit this morning. Now, if you use this word, you use this word. But I just want to suppose to you that we're supposed to be light. And sometimes we just package our little Christianese words to make us feel better about ourselves when actually we might as well just say the real stinking thing because that's what you really feel in your heart because the Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So there's this word that people use nowadays, frickin'. And it's not a substitute for chicken. It's frickin'. Can't believe that guy freaking cut me off. I can't believe he didn't freaking pay me my whole check. 
Wasn't worship freaking awesome this morning? It's freaking amazing. Matter of fact, after first service, some guy walked out of the auditorium and said, Pastor Troy, that was a freaking ma- amazing message. Now, he said it on purpose, of course, just like I'm doing right now. But it's like, you might as well say the real, why do we got to take these words that the world has and just make them a little bit more vanilla? And then we make them acceptable in our language. Everybody knows what the word is substituted for. And if we're supposed to be light, we're just trying to get as close to the darkness as we can without actually going over. Now, this is my opinion. I will state it's not in the word of God that you cannot say frickin'. So frickin' just deal with that, people. (laughs) Amen. George Washington, check this out. George Washington, first president of the United States. In his book, the orderly book of August 3rd, 1776, included this comment. The general is so sorry to be informed that the foolish and wicked practice of profane swearing, a vice hitherto little known in the American army, is growing into fashion. He hopes the officers will, by example, as well as influence, endeavor to check it. And that both they and the men will reflect that we can have little hope of a blessing of heaven on our arms if we insult it by our impiety and profanity. Added to this, it is a vice so mean and low without temptation that every man of sense and character detests and despises it. So this is the President of the United States telling the military, hey, you guys are cussing too much. You need to knock it off. It's not respectful. It's dishonoring. I would say our military's maybe changed just a little bit. Just a wee squish. I would say that our warehouses and even our leadership in some corporations maybe have gotten away from this just a little bit. And I, the one guy made that, you know, rather difficult statement that sometimes it's because of our vocabulary and brains that we use curse words to substitute because we don't know how to bring an effect of what we're really trying to get across emotionally. So we have to substitute it with a profanity to emphasize what we're really trying to say due to our lack of vocabulary. And really what we're saying at all. And I would say it's important that we understand that if that's happening in warehouses, I I don't know, and and military, I I don't know that in boardrooms of Fortune 500 companies with, (laughs) I said this first, first, with guys in suits and tights. And it just kind of came out of my mouth, suits and tights. And I, was, I meant to say ties. And I was like, I, I just got a visual of what that would look like. You know, a guy with a suit jacket and skinny spanky pants. You know, woo, yay, tights going on. Coming to work today. Uh, so anyway, uh, so suits and ties coming into a boardroom and they just start F-bombing each other. Yeah, we've got to get the market up. We've got to do this, you know, F and this. That probably doesn't happen a whole lot because of their vocabulary and because of their respect and their level of uh, influence on a corporation or a company. And so Psalms 19, 14 says, Let the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In other words, our words we use, we want God to be acceptable to them. We want them to be a sweet-smelling aroma to God, not a defilement to Him. Amen? 
Now, I know all of you know this, but I'm just sharing with you what I told first service so you can help encourage them in this area. Amen? Our mouths are part of our bodies and a significant part of that transformation. From our mouths should come worship and praise, edification, encouragement, truth, blessing. This is what comes out of our mouth. We can control our flesh. Sometimes I just got to get this off my chest. No, you don't have to get it off your chest. You can tell your chest, get it in control because you control your flesh. Right? And so if your chest has something, it's got to then take the shield of faith and put that thing over it. Amen? Because we don't have to all over people. We don't have to cuss people out. We don't have to give people and tell them they're number one on the freeway. We can choose to rise up in the flesh, say, you're number one, buddy. Thank you for cutting me off. But we don't have to choose that. We can say, Lord, bless them. They need to get somewhere faster than I do. Man, I've always wanted to know when people do that what I should say, and now I know. Amen? Jesting. It's not just a joke. Coarse jesting. It's like unwholesome kind of dirty joke telling that would, you know, wasn't really just a joke. It's sort of like an excuse to say something kind of, kind of, kind of not really there. But, you know, you tell the joke and hope somebody laughs. Dirty joke. There, there's a pastor I know, and I don't know, it's just kind of always bothered me. He's always kind of told these, like, off-color, not-so-great jokes to try to get laughs, and some of it's not really good stuff at all. And I was, it just sort of bothered me, and just to be honest with you, it kind of, I kind of lost a little bit of respect just because he kind of told dirty jokes. And I was like, ah, it just doesn't fit. Pastor tells dirty jokes. I mean, they weren't real dirty, but they weren't, like, what the Bible says you're supposed to be like. And so sometimes we just go, oh, it's not that big a deal. You're another pastor. Your brother's in the Lord. You can handle this. Yeah, but it, why? You know, it's like. So I'm going to call him tomorrow. So you should listen to my message. No, I'm just teasing. I'll call him Tuesday. All right. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Watch what it says on the screen here. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29, let no, man, I wish it was let 50-50, but it says let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, and to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. We're all guilty of that. We've all said things out of our mouth that is not great communication. You idiot! Oh! I'm such a loser! Oh! You not only say them over other people, you say them over yourself. Most people say them over themselves more than anybody. You know, you hear yourself. What you believe about yourself, you speak that thing out, you'll start to convince yourself you are that. You gotta be careful what you say. Proverbs 12 23 says this A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. They speak foolishness in the heart of fools. Proverbs 15.2 says, The tongue of the wise useth knowledge right, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. And then it says in Colossians 3, in case you're wondering, the Bible's filled with stuff that talks about how we speak about things in our filthy language. Colossians 3.8 says this, But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, of course. Rage, absolutely. Malice, yeah. Slander, come on. Hey, what? He's got filthy language. 
listed right here with anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Did you hear the thunderous applause and approval, Joaquin, of everybody just cheering this message on? Because it doesn't affect anybody in this room. I know it can hurt a little bit. But if I just tell you all the wonderful things you're doing, you'll never grow. As your pa- you know, this is what you would tell your kids. You'd say, hey, we don't talk like that. That's what you would tell your kids. Hey, don't say that word. It's a freaking bad word. <laughs> That's what you say to your kids. So as the pastor, I'm like, hey, guys, come on. Just because the world does it doesn't mean we have a license to do it. Just because TV does it, just because your favorite comedian throws F-bombs all the time because he doesn't have content good enough to do things without using F-bombs. Kevin Hart's a witty enough guy, idea. He don't have to use that word. He is a sharp dude. I don't know why they have to use that word to get us to laugh. So you guys done with the, you done with the filthy language? You over it? You done with it? You got it? Lying. The nose. Well, we won't put it back up there. The three most common told lies in the country. Number one. Gee, you haven't changed a bit. <laughs> liar. Stick it, liar, man. You are fat and old. You got gray hair. You got wrinkles. You don't look anything like you did at graduation from high school. It's been 30 years. You haven't changed a bit. Liar. (laughs) Number two. I never got the message or the email. I didn't get it. I didn't get the email that I was scheduled today. I didn't get the email. I didn't get the text that I was scheduled. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to send the next email For people who are scheduled to serve, we're going to send a text and an email that says, if you respond to this and show up, you get 50 bucks. And then we'll find out who's really reading emails or not. Amen. (laughs) Just teasing, but it would be a fun idea. The story is told of four high school boys who couldn't resist the temptation to skip morning class, especially in May and especially if you're a senior right about now. Each had been smitten with a bad case of spring fever. After lunch, they showed up at school and reported to the teacher that their car had a flat tire. You've got to be more creative with that. (laughs) Much to their relief, she smiled and said, Well, you missed a quiz this morning, so you can take your seats and get out a pencil and paper. Still smiling, she waited as they settled down and got ready for their questions. She then said, First question, which tire was flat? I like that teacher. Pretty good chance that not all four guys were going to pick the same tire. Pretty good chance. See, lying doesn't really advance us. Lying actually causes us to go backwards in life. It causes you to feel devalued about yourself. And then the devil gets in your head because you know you just lied. Now, there are some people, they lie so much, it just becomes part of their character and who they are. I told this story first service. I'll make it quick this one, but when I was uh, 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 a college age, 
I was in this church, and, uh, with, and there was a bunch of young adults. And all of a sudden, there was this guy. He was about 26 or 27. Most of us were about 19, 20, 21, 22. Uh, you know, the, the young, young adults of the church, right? And we'd all hang out together. we all go eat afterwards, just like all the young adults do here. And so um, uh, all of a sudden, this guy says, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put in a Christian nightclub, and I'm supposed to get a million dollars in this uh, settlement or this thing or whatever. And he started telling everybody how he was going to get this money and start a Christian nightclub. Now, for some of us, Christian nightclubs kind of like an oxymoron. It's like, yeah, Jesus, woo, yeah, Jesus, sipping on their Shirley Temple, right? And so, Christian nightclub, and and uh, but but they did have those, like in the eighties and nineties. It was just a fun place you could go, you know. And and uh, and so he was going to put in this Christian nightclub, and he told us where it was going to be, and they would he would take people by and show the building, and uh, he was getting the insurance, and that was like the biggest thing to qualify the insurance for this Christian nightclub because of what it was and how eighteen and older and all these types of things. And I mean, the story just kept going a year, a year. But on the inside, I was just like, ah. I don't know, why am I wrestling with this? Everybody else believes it, and I want to believe it. I want to cheer him on, you know. And, but I just like, something ain't right. And then I started feeling bad about myself that I was like judging. And that I didn't really believe. And then you begin to question yourself. Because even the youth pastor at the time, I was serving as a volunteer. The youth pastor at the time, he was like totally for it and trying to help the thing happen and all this. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know why, something. But then all of a sudden, about a year and a half later, after many stories of, well, the, it just hasn't come through yet, and they're supposed to send it, it didn't go through yet, and the bank didn't release it yet, and the funds are supposed to come through, and da-da-da-da-da, all this type of stuff. And all of a sudden, boom, he vanished. Middle of the night. Never to be seen from or heard again. And finally it came out that the whole thing was a farce. The whole thing was a lie. He never had money coming. He never had a Christian nightclub. But it was all a lie. And he had taken all kinds of people into this lie with him. And at that moment I was like, I knew I was right. (laughs) And there's that sense of like, now I know how to hear God. As a young man. I knew I was hearing God. The Holy Spirit was checking me. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. So you got to go. Even though everybody else is falling for things, sometimes you got to go with what's right. you got to go with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we just, you know, you got to pray for someone like that that is so addicted to lying that they lie to themselves and believe, this, believe it, excuse me, themselves. So lying doesn't do any good for anybody. Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates those it hurts. And a flattering mouth works ruin. Ready for this next one? Proverbs 6, verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates. Man, that is a strong word, and it's right after the word Lord. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. Number one, haughty eyes. Hey, baby. Number two, a lying tongue. Number two, not six, not seven, number two. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. It's on the list before murder. I know, kind of hard to believe, right? Next verse. Husband. No, not that one. Sorry. A lying tongue. I got it right here. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies, there's lies again, and, number seven, a person who stirs up conflict in the community. 
a person who stirs up conflict or lies within the community of believers. These are the things that the Lord hates, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. And lying is one of them. So I got some answers for those of us that are compulsive liars, have difficulty because sometimes we lie just to make people like us. Lots of people like this at 930, but nobody here at this service, I'm sure. But I just want to give you that information. Or you struggle with, you struggle with cursing. You struggle with F-bombs. You struggle with saying GD and JC. And you're here worshiping JD and, G- and JC right now, but you struggle using his name in vain. Let's just be honest. When you hit your thumb instead of the nail. All right? So here's some action points. You guys are really loving this message, I can tell. You're responding incredibly. I can barely get through it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. You guys see that right? By what? I don't know about you, but in the old days, moms used to say their sons or their daughters who would cuss, you better knock it off or I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. In other words, you got potty mouth, you got a dirty mouth, I'm going to wash out your mouth with soap because it needs cleaned up. But look what the Bible says. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. This is how you cleanse up your mouth. You get the word inside of you. So the world's words don't come out, but God's word comes out. you got to fill your heart with the word of God rather than the world. Amen? So that's what comes out. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in other words, ladies, you cuss too, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing perfect will. It's saying you've got to renew your mind so that you don't act like the world anymore. You were once in the world, but then you found Jesus Christ, and now you're not of this world, but you're just now living in this world. You're actually of the world of heaven, but now you still live here. So you have to reprogram your thinking to carnality and sin nature, and everybody cusses, so I cuss, and I'm angry, so I'm going to let everybody know about it. Now I'm born again and saved, and your spirit is illuminated, and now you're from another world called the kingdom of God. Now you're just living on this world. So now you've got to retrain your programming. It's like getting a new hard drive. You've got to re-get a new hard drive and reprogram yourself and you do that through reading this and filling this into you this is like your software system right here and you've got to put that in you so that you don't act like the old way you used to be old things have passed away behold all things have become brand new in other words just because you used to be cusser all the time now that you got jesus that means the old man has gone away you don't have to keep acting like that Your identity might have been in that. People may have thought you were a really cool dude because you cussed and had alcohol around all the time and you were just that guy. Now you got saved. Now you're not so cool anymore. And maybe your identity was in that. So for you to go away from that, it's almost like I'm separating myself. Well, absolutely. Because now you've got Christ on the inside of you. It doesn't mean you've got to be a... uh, no fun anymore it just means that you're choosing to live a life unto who you now are you are you are filled with the glory and the presence of God Jesus blood he went to the cross for you he helped save you amen and so to live the old ways 
What did he do then? What did Jesus really do if you receive him as Savior, but you keep living the old way? You might have eternal life, but you don't have the quality of life that he gave for you. Amen. The last one, because I know you're thankful for this. Thank the Lord. Romans 8, 5, and 6, our last point, if you're trying to get out of lying, get out of cussing all the time. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. When you get your mind lined up with the Word of God, all of a sudden, things coming out of your mouth will not be F-bombs as much. All of a sudden, when you say it, you'll like, your spirit will like, oh, you'll be like, oh, forgive me, Lord. That's the fastest way is when you sin, boom, repent right then. He's paid the price. He's covered that sin. You mean, Pastor Roy, every time I cuss, according to the Word, yes. Not according to me, but according to what the Bible just said, that we fall into sin, coarse jesting, filthy language. We're not a light, we're darkness. We have the light, but we're acting like the darkness. Amen? And so we can live a higher quality of life. You can ask God, and He'll give you wisdom. If your vocabulary is not that great, ask God, He'll give you wisdom. Start reading the Word, He'll give you wisdom. Amen? So that you can choose to use words that are in line with God's Word, that are not defiling, that are not, not uh, disrespecting of others. Amen? You don't have to tell dirty jokes to get people to laugh at you. Amen? Renew your mind. Come up to a higher level. Come closer to Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the less you want to cuss. That's just the bottom line. If you get closer to Jesus, I'm sure Jesus walked around with John, Peter, and John. If you guys would freaking catch up with me and pray a little bit around here. You guys can't even pray all night? Come on, man. That wasn't Jesus. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't say those words. He wouldn't lie. Matter of fact, some people probably wanted him to lie. <laughs> They're like, man, he just tells it straight. Hey, you guys that have not been in sin, you go ahead and throw that first stone, boy. Everybody just dropped their rocks, walked away, because he spoke truth. Sometimes the word is truth. And sometimes the word, when it's sown, cuts. Causes us to grow and develop. Ah, yeah, ah, Because ah. God wants you to grow in him, get closer to him. Not just act like the world. Anybody can do that. Anybody can cause. But to become a man of God that serves him is a light to the world and cause other brothers and sisters to come closer to him that's pleasing to the father amen let's stand to our feet today come on father we thank you today for your word we thank you father god that we can grow in all these things father god we repent if we've lied we repent father god if we cuss and curse father god it's not our heart to offend you or to 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 not be a light to those that need a light father god that's not been our intention but we have failed in this area so god we just ask you to forgive us right now we repent of cussing we repent of lying we repent of stretching the truth father god we repent of these things today 
And Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that we can go to your word. We can renew our mind. We can take on these things, Father God. We don't have to give in to the flesh, but we can walk in your spirit. And I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name that men and women in this place today take a hold. Those watching online take a hold of, Father God, your word in Jesus' name. That they, they rise above, Father God. That they're not accepting just where they are now and become apathetic towards that. But they're striving to get closer to you and to get closer to your spirit, God. We thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.